Hey there, I'm Abel and it is a joy to be speaking to you today from my living room at home here in Lockdown KL. Today we are continuing with the series King and Kingdom for our third and final part of the series. In part one, Miles spoke to us about the king who is unlike any other, humble and powerful, great and good. Do you know this king? In part two, Dan spoke about the kingdom of God as the rule and the reign of King Jesus in our lives. Have you made him your king? I want to speak to you today on what it means to be part of this upside down kingdom that Jesus is king in. It is a kingdom that doesn't give you just peace and a place, but an identity, a purpose and belonging. I write this week that here in Malaysia, we have now lived through more than 470 days of some form of movement control order or MCO. And perhaps after living in more than a year of some form of restricted movement, you may have felt a sense of being stuck or being purposeless or maybe wishing you could be somewhere else or someone else. I know I have. As a reminder, smoking is not permitted in any area of the aircraft, including the lavatory. Tampering with disabling or destroying the lavatory smoke detector is prohibited. If you're feeling stuck today, trapped in an in-between place or trying to grasp what your purpose is, I want to encourage you today that you can know your why. Jesus said in John 10 verse 10 that the kingdom of God is a kingdom of life and life to the full. So I want to speak to you today about the three roles that capture who we are in the kingdom of God. Ambassador, heir, and agent. And they make the acronym AHA. So why don't you type into the chat right now, AHA. May we have an AHA moment today about our role in the kingdom. First, ambassador. In the ancient kingdoms, only the king was described as created in God's image. Kings and rulers made statues and images of themselves claiming the divine rule to reign over the people of their kingdom, claiming to have the image of God. In the Hammurabi Code, the king was God's only ambassador to the rest of the kingdom, a special and privileged elite standing over others in the kingdom. But not so to the God of the Bible. The ancient people of Israel had a completely different worldview of this idea of the image of God. They believed God's call as his ambassador was for everyone. From the earliest pages of recorded scripture, the Bible describes the moral code of the kingdom of God. We are all made in God's image. Every man, woman, and child created in the image of God. In Genesis 1 verse 27, it says, God created mankind in his own image. In the image of God, he created them, male and female he created them. You see, you and I have the likeness of God in us. We are his ambassadors to all creation and to each other. Later in Matthew 5, as Jesus announced the arrival of God's kingdom, he proclaimed an upside down kingdom where there are no special privileges and no privileged elite standing over others. Instead, all are welcome to come to the table of the kingdom. The poor, the rich, those who mourn, those who are outcast, 
everyone can enter this kingdom just by following Jesus. Everyone is bestowed the honor of representing the king. Then Jesus affirmed again our role as God's ambassadors, saying to the world, you are the salt of the earth. You're the light of the world. Let your light shine before others, that they may see your good deeds and glorify your Father in heaven. Later on, Paul wrote in 2 Corinthians 5 verse 20, We are therefore Christ's ambassadors, as though God were making his appeal through us. See, God wants to reveal his love to the world. And he wants us to spread the news through our lives as image bearers of the King. We are ambassadors of this good news. We're representatives to a God in love with his creation. And as we understand our identity as God ambassadors, as we understand who we are made in his image, we begin to be transformed in how we relate with others. It changes how we live and how we love. See, we can't show the love of God to others until we see the image of God in others. You and I have the image of God in us. But more than that, the people around us have it too. And that means we will treat the cleaner the same way we treat the company director. It means we can love our neighbor as ourselves. It means wherever we're planted, even grounded, whether in the room or on Zoom, we carry the presence of God that changes the world around us. The second role that we have in the kingdom of God is as heir. That is the H to Aha. Uh, in Galatians 4, verse 6 to 7, it says this, God sent the spirit of his son into our hearts, the spirit who calls out Abba, Father. So you are no longer a slave, but God's child. And since you are his child, God has also made you an heir. You and I are sons and daughters of the king. In God's kingdom, there are no grandchildren, only the children of God. And so to be an heir is to be a recipient of God's inheritance, all that belongs to the king. In the original language, the word for heir means the one who receives his allotted possession by the right of sonship. So you can know God today, not only as your supreme king, but as your loving father. In fact, the primary way that he, Jesus teaches us how to relate to God is through the first two words of the Lord's prayer, our father. Do you know him today as a father who loves you? I'm not really a morning person. In fact, I'm quite a night owl. And sometimes I struggle to get up early in the morning. The problem with that is that Levi, my one and a half year old son, is usually up and about by 6.30 in the morning, sometimes even as early as 5 a.m. And yet in the heaviest periods of work, I've somehow managed to sleep through some incredibly loud noises in the morning. Motorcycles revving, car, uh, cats calling, Jacinta snoring. I'm just joking. But there is one noise I've never been able to sleep through. And that is the sound of my son calling out to me. Every morning from downstairs, I hear this thunderous voice shouting, Daddy, travel into my room. And it does something in me that I can't describe. It turns my weariness into joy. And in a much larger way, you are loved by your heavenly father, the king 
of the kingdom. You see, God is first interested in your being than in your doing. Your calling is about more who you are than about what you do. Your destiny is not a matter of serendipity, but identity. And God's plan for you is to live a life of unshakable security in an identity no one else can take away from you. The most important thing about you is what God says about you. And he calls you my child. Today, you may be struggling with your place in the world. You may be wondering about your value to others or perhaps your sense of significance. Through the Holy Spirit, you can receive the love of the Father who welcomes you into the family. Being an heir of God means two things, that the king is your father, and number two, that we are siblings. Now, maybe the thought of having many siblings frightens you a little. After all, it's been said that the definition of a sibling is someone who is a combination of a best friend and a pain in the neck. It was the film uh, director, Bas Lerman, who once said, be nice to your siblings. They are your best link to your past and they will most likely stay with you in the future. And this is true about us as a church. As children of God, we have a shared past. God saved us from our sin and brought us into his family. He gave us a new purpose. He made us his new creation. We have a shared future. One day the war of good versus evil will be over. As the kingdom of God is fully established for all eternity, we are stuck together. But being part of a family also means we are better together. You see, on my own, my weakness produces shame. It becomes a lack. But in God's family, my weakness produces humility. It becomes a vacancy to be filled by the strength of another. So our role in the kingdom is to be ambassadors and heirs. And the third role that we have is as agents. We are God's hands and feet to a world that needs him. God's kingdom is less about me and more about we. And as we enthrone Jesus as king over our lives, we become more like him and we reflect his love to the world around us. Jesus said in John 13 verse 34 to 35, a new command I give you, love one another. As I have loved you, so you must love one another. By this, everyone will know you're my disciples. If you love one another. You see, we eventually resemble who we make royal. As we worship Jesus as king over our lives, we are transformed to be more like him, confident in our identity as sons and daughters of the king, and yet humble to know it's not about us. I love this quote by Tim Keller, who wrote, the Christian gospel is that I'm so flawed that Jesus had to die for me, yet I'm so loved and valued that Jesus was glad to die for me. This leads to both deep humility and deep confidence at the same time. I cannot feel superior to anyone, and yet I have nothing to prove to anyone. I do not think more of myself or less of myself. Instead, I think of myself less. I don't need to notice myself, how I'm doing, how I'm being regarded so often. You see, in Jesus' kingdom, the real leaders are the servants. The most powerful are the most generous. You could say that the point is, we are not the point. 
but we point to the point who has given us a point and that never disappoints. So being part of the kingdom means no act of care is beneath you and yet no situation of challenge is beyond you. You can be both humble and confident, carrying the amazing love of God into the places He has put you in. But you may be thinking, what if the places that I'm in are unseen or invisible or obscure? Jesus said in Matthew 6, 4, your father sees what is done in secret. You know, there may be some secret agents in the kingdom of God, but there are never decommissioned agents. There is no such thing as an act of giving that God didn't see. And what is good and done in secret is more valuable to God than what is big and done in public. Earlier this week, I heard about the story of Rebecca, a woman in Hong Kong. And she heard one day about the story of a man uh, in her brother's company who tragically fell into coma in a sudden way. One moment he was walking down the street in Hong Kong and another he had fainted, just, just like that. When he woke up from his coma, he woke up completely paralyzed. When Rebecca heard about his story, she visited him in the hospital and she found that he was completely paralyzed from neck down. Apart from being able to move his eyes and his finger, he was just immobile. And at 48, with the doctors telling him he could never walk again, he was utterly despondent. He just didn't want to live anymore. He had lost his will to live. But Rebecca decided to do something that was small, good, and faithful. She began to keep visiting him weekly to pray for him. Then one day, as her church ran an Alpha Online course, she invited him to join it. Because he could move his fingers, he could still dial into the session of the Alpha. Because he could still move his eyes, he could still watch the videos. On the fourth week of the course, he said yes to following Jesus. Then one week, while his small uh, group was, was praying for healing, he began to stand for the first time and walk his first steps again since the accident. Rebecca's act of faith had led to new confidence for this man. She was an agent of Christ's love for him. Today, what you may relegate as small, he elevates as significant. Every point of contact with another person we meet could be another point of connection with another person God loves. And today, whether you're in a crowded home uh, with children, whether you are with your siblings, whether you're alone, far away from loved ones, you can show the love of God to the people He has brought into your life. Jesus said, they will know me by your love. And as you receive the love of the Father today, through the Holy Spirit, He can give you a new love that overflows to the world around you. Amen. Amen. Why don't we just come to the Lord right now? And you may want to raise your hands like this, wherever you are, just to pray a simple ancient prayer saying, come Holy Spirit. We just welcome you into our spaces and in, into our time right now. And we thank you for your presence and we wait for you right now. Come Holy Spirit.